here, especially if you're here for the first time, if you're here as a guest. I uh, hope you have a great time while you're here with us this morning. Uh, there, there's quite a bit that I want us to cover this morning, um, so I may go over, just a, a, a warning now, I may go over our uh, 45 minute to an hour limit. Um, that's a joke if you're here for the first time. Um, on the one hand, what I want to do is I want to get us started into this new teaching series that we're going to be looking at together over the next eight weeks, which is called When People Pray, uh, which is designed uh, to help us reflect on the power, significance, and the purpose of prayer. And we're going to be looking at a text out of Acts chapter 10 in a few minutes uh, to help us to uh, explore that. But as it's a new term, I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, but um, over the last number of months, what's one of the things that's become quite clear is there's quite a lot of new people, people that are new to the life of the church in the mix of things on Sunday. So I wanted to start today by kind of looking back a bit over, well, over what's over the last few months and for us to reflect briefly uh, on the kinds of things that have been going on in the life of the church. Uh, for those of you who have only just started coming or maybe started calling St. Catherine's uh, home for you, there's a few things that I think that uh, it would be helpful for you to know. Back in May, this is the first, oh it worked a second ago, now it's not working at all. Ah, there we go. Did you do that or did I do that? Don't, don't, you can't, uh, confuse me. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm back in control, just where I like it. Um, so back in May, we took some time out to think and to talk about vision uh, as a church. We thought about what, what, what matters to us. We thought about um, the kinds of things that God is speaking to us and explore the adventure that we sense God is taking us on as we head toward the new year. And uh, Rob has already touched on this, but I would really like to encourage you, if you haven't heard our four vision talks, which were over whether from the 5th of May right through to the 26th of May, I want to encourage you to go to the website. You can listen to all the talks there. Go back to May, listen to those four talks. Maybe you listen to it on your iPhone, on iTunes. Uh, you can do that there as well. I want to encourage you to go listen, get, get a sense for what matters to us and where we're headed as a community. And, and our hope and our prayer, I suppose, as you do that, is that um, you, you'll, as you hear us unpacking what we sense God's calling us to be and do as a community, that something will just spark within you and you'll feel not only will you feel that you're at home, but you'll, feel, you, you'll, you'll, you'll get a sense for, I can contribute to that. I can play, par I play my part in that. Uh, the next thing I wanted to remind us of um, is that during the month of May, when we were thinking and praying about uh, vision, uh, we also uh, fasted and prayed as a church. Now, did you get a white booklet when you came in this morning? Okay, I want you to keep that and to take it home with you. As we, as we um, explored vision together and, and as we fasted and prayed, one of the things that became really close, there was a real sense of God's nearness and God started to speak to us. So we wrote it all down for us to remember it primarily for, for us to be able to pray into it as well. I'm not going to start calling it all out, but the, the purpose of giving you the booklet, which I hope you got, is to be able to say, listen, this is what we have sensed, have sensed God is speaking to us as a community over the last number of months. And I want to encourage you to join with us as we pray those things into being. And we are so excited. 
And just as we start this new term, this new awesome term, there is such a sense of anticipation in us, certainly as a staff team and as a leader, broader leadership team, of what it is that we are on the doorstep of. We feel like God's doing something with us, and we're thrilled that you're here to become, uh, to be part of all of that. Prayer is central to all that we are doing here in St. Catharines. And it's an area that we are keen to grow and uh, continue growing and developing in. So uh, as well as exploring vision and as, and as well as um, uh, fasting and praying, we also hosted the prayer course. Maybe you're familiar with us up on the balcony. Uh, we did uh, six Monday nights, um, or Wednesday nights upstairs on the balcony. And um, simultaneously, there was a number of our connect groups that also ran the prayer course and there's incredibly uh, positive feedback from all of that but if you are new to the life of the church you might be interested to know that there is a prayer meeting here every second Wednesday of the month did you know that did you know that every second Wednesday of the month there is a prayer meeting here at half seven Helen where are you Helen and Therese where are you uh, there's lots of lots uh, lots of of, of um, time and effort and energy by these two put into hosting a prayer gathering here on Wednesday nights. And uh, maybe if you're new here and you've, you've 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 this is your first time, you won't know that there is a prayer meeting here every Sunday morning. Did you know that there's a prayer meeting here every Sunday morning? Hello? No. Half ten up here on your left. It's not just for people who are participating in the morning gathering, uh, team and, and so on. But if you, why not come early? Come early to church. <gasps> why not come early and stand with us here and pray that we would meet with our God and that we would experience his presence more and more and more fully when we gather together. Does that sound like a good idea? If you're new to the life of the church, you might not know that actually, um, well, before we broke for the summer, we were doing uh, a, more, a Tuesday morning gathering called Porridge and Prayer. Uh, I think it was every second Tuesday morning. Maybe you live near the city center or near this building. Maybe you work in the city center and you're coming in at that time anyway. But why not look for those uh, things in the diary, those opportunities to come and to pray. So that's Sundays, that's Wednesdays, that's Tuesdays. Uh, and um, it's been an incredible year to see what God's been doing in those um, moments of prayer. Back on the 31st of December, we met up on the, the balcony again to ring in the new year, and we worshipped and we prayed together, and we launched uh, a year of prayer for 2019. And partly to celebrate and to mark the, the, the celebration of the 250th anniversary of this building, but partly to mark and to celebrate the kind of season that we're in as a church as well. And that's been an amazing thing, recognizing our longing for the nearness of God and asking him to speak into this new phase that we're in as a community Prayer is going to continue to be a significant part of the process that we're in. And I want to encourage you to join us on Wednesdays, join us on Sunday mornings and on Tuesdays. Even consider, and this is another thing I could have said, but I needed to stop somewhere. Maybe you're not a part of a connect group and you'd like to find one. Go and 
speak to Sharon at the Connect Point uh, later on if that's the case. But maybe it's about making prayer more of an emphasis when you gather with your community. I want to encourage you to throw yourself into our week of prayer and fasting. We're actually going to do two of them this year, one in the autumn term and one in the new year. So put it in your diaries, October 14th to 18th. We're going to fast and pray for the whole week and we're going to, we're going to break our fast together with another meal like we did last time. It was so good. And uh, the other thing that you would have been given when you came in this morning is our year of prayer booklet, which will give you a little bit more information on the vision behind why we called 2019 a year of prayer. So moving on. One of the other things that we're really, really committed to um, um, continuing in and with, um, is maybe if you're new here, you don't know this, but every day there's a group of about 50 of us in the life of the church that are reading the same Bible passages and commenting into different WhatsApp groups or maybe just um, noticing or praying into them or um, whatever the case may be. But if you are new to the life of the church, you'd like to to learn how to read the Bible with other people, or maybe you're, you aren't reading the Bible as much as you have been, and you'd like to have some kind of structure and accountability around you while you do that, the WhatsApp groups are a perfect tool for that. Why not give it a shot? You'll be able to pray and read the scriptures with people from throughout the church, and that has, we've had some incredibly positive feedback from that too. So if you'd like to join a WhatsApp group, come and find me or Sharon at the Connect Point uh, later on. Basically, all roads lead to Sharon at the back of the church. Um, children's ministry, the final thing before we jump into our teaching that I want us to do is I want us to pray about something. Today, um, after our Sunday gathering, we are going to be meeting upstairs with our children's ministry parents and carers and people who work as volunteers in children's ministry. And we're going to be giving them a survey to fill in so that we can get as much feedback as possible from all of those people as we move forward in the process of um, advertising, uh, interviewing, and appointing a new children's pastor. I think it's a really positive thing to do, to listen, to try and get as much collective wisdom and insight as possible before we make some big decisions. So I'd like us to break into twos and threes fours, whatever way, and I'd like us to pray firstly for the meeting today so that we get everything that we need, and then secondly to pray for this person, whoever he or she is, wherever they are today, that God just blesses them, provides for them, protects them, and uh, draws them and calls them to this community. Can we do that? It's so important that we own this as a family, isn't it? Yeah. It's such an important uh, appointment for our church. So I'd love you to pray in twos and threes, fours, just naturally. Uh, if that's not something you're used to doing, be brave, be courageous. Pray as a two if you're here as guests so you don't feel uncomfortable. Just do your own thing. But pray for the meeting today. Pray that God speaks to us. Lord, have your way with us. God, we want to learn everything we need to learn. We want to learn everything that we need to learn, but we don't want to miss a thing. Lord, we, 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 don't, we, we want everyone's opinion to be validated and valued. God, would you do what only you can do? Make a way, God. Help us to listen. Help us to hear from every volunteer. 
Help us to hear from every family, from every parent and carer, from every, 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 um, every child. Lord, I pray that we'd be able to get feedback from the children as well. Thank you for what you're doing. And now if you don't mind, if you just begin to pray for the person, whoever he or she is, wherever they are today, pray for God's protection over them. Pray for God's provision. That they, firstly, that they find the, the advertisements and that it stirs something in their hearts. They feel drawn to explore it with us. Lord, we just pray that it would be the right person. Whoever he or she is, God, the right person. The right person for the team, the right fit for working with our children and our young people, God. Somebody who's passionate for seeing your kingdom come in the lives of children. Lord, who's passionate for the ways of your kingdom here on the earth, that's passionate about your presence, passionate about encounter, passionate about reaching out beyond ourselves, passionate about building community. And we ask and pray these things, Jesus, in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for your prayers. I so appreciate that. And I want to encourage you just to continue doing that. Whoever he or she is, we want to pray that God blesses them and prepares them as uh, we look, go through the, the, the process that I've just spoken about. Um, if we, we're going to jump into our text. Uh, so if you've got one of the red Bibles uh, around you, um, why don't you open it up to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And we're actually going to be reading all of it. We're going to be reading all 48 verses. So get comfortable. Get comfortable. Andrew's agreed to read for us. Anyway, I'm not. Oh, very good. So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, um, but I think it flows pretty, pretty closely to the NIV that you, that you guys have all got in front of you. I uh, hope you've all, had, you've all had plenty of time to find it. So, but 778 or 1103 were the two page sets that I found. So Acts chapter 10. Cornelius calls for Peter. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. 
As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, you know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house about this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. 
And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us, whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these incredibly special words. And we pray, God, as we reflect on them now, we pray that you'd open our eyes, open our hearts. We pray that you'd have your way with us. I pray, Lord, that we would have the, the mind and the discernment, God, to see everything that these words have to teach us about the power, the significance, and the purpose of prayer. We ask things, things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for your patience uh, with all of that. I, I desperately tried to edit it to make it shorter, but it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I couldn't make myself do it. Uh, it's not often we have a reading that long, so thank you. But what, what I want to try and do uh, for us in the next 15 or 20 minutes is to do a number of things. Firstly, the first half, I suppose, is for us to have a look at what the text tells us about Cornelius' prayer and Peter's prayer, and then I want to close by making some reflections or comments, rather, on the, the net results, the consequences of their prayer and action. Uh, So let's start in verse 2. If you've got it open in front of you again, uh, turn to it again. Five words, just five words, tell us everything that we need to know uh, about Cornelius. We're told that he prayed to God regularly. Did you get that? He prayed to God regularly. We're not told exactly where or how. We're not told uh, what he said when he prayed or what kind of posture physically he took when, when he was praying. What we're told is that he prayed to God regularly. And this is, I think, as I see it, one of the first real serious challenges from the text. 
And just before we kind of go down that cul-de-sac of thinking, this is not a finger-wagging exercise. I, I'm not loading the basis here to make a, some kind of passive-aggressive pastoral comment. This isn't, uh, you should be praying more regularly, church. Why aren't you doing it? So can we just agree to put that out of our minds? This amazing story is a reminder for us that when we pray to God regularly, irregular things can happen regularly. Did you get that? When we pray to God regularly, irregular things can happen more regularly. That's what this story is all about. It's, a, it's designed to lift our heads and to remind us that when people pray, it matters. When people pray, things can change. When people pray, lives can be changed. Situations can be changed. Circumstances and outcomes can be impacted. When people pray, God can break in. And this story is a perfect example of all of these things. The point being that you never know when, where, or how God will invade the routine of our lives in a way that only he can do. And we're called to live in anticipation of that. The Christian, the church, is called to live in anticipation of that. How long? Come, Lord. Bring your healing to this situation. Bring your wholeness to that situation. Bring your breakthrough to this scenario. How long, O Lord? Move mountains. Part oceans. Have your way. We're called to come to him, to seek to him. It's meant to be one of the defining things about us. If you go and listen to our first vision talk from the 5th of May, we talked about encounter and how significant it is to the people of God, but specifically to our church. We're using this language of encounter to be a defining thing for us. We long for God's presence. I thought I'd get an amen there. Thanks, I. We long for God's presence. We long to see him rule and reign in our hearts and in our minds, in our situations and in our circumstances, and to see real and lasting change and breakthrough because we believe it's possible. We've seen it happen. I know that that's because that's my family's experience. Back at the beginning of the 80s, my parents were being filled with the Spirit for the first time and they attended a conference in UCD, a renewal conference for Christians for all over the country. A speaker from America called John Wimber was there. Maybe you were at the conference. And in the weeks and the days leading up to the conference, my dad got a phone call from a parish in the west of Ireland. He said, we think that maybe God's calling you to be our next pastor. Will you please come down and see, see us and sit down with us and exp- explore the, the sense of calling we feel too. So they went to the renewal conference with this sense of call and the sense of prayer in their minds. Second day, one of the traveling team 
one of John Wimber's prayer ministry team, a woman whose name I don't know, walked across a venue with 2,000 people, walked up to my dad, are you Jack? You should take the job in Westport. That changed the trajectory of our whole life. She was praying. My parents were praying. And God brought about an incredible miracle and divine appointment that changed all of our lives forever. Had it even had an impact on this building, I believe. My father ministered here a number of years back, and we miss him dearly. She was praying, and my parents were praying, and God could bring about a divine appointment. What's the point of telling you that story? Is that, boy, oh boy, oh boy, amazing things can happen when people pray. Amazing things can happen when people pray. Did you get that? Amazing things. Amazing things. And it's the story of this passage too, in Acts chapter 10. Maybe you've got it open in front of you. It teaches us, it reminds us, that the plans of God are found in the presence of God. She was praying and my parents were praying. The plans of God are revealed in the presence of God. One author puts it this way, we get our marching orders when we get on our knees. And as we hit our knees, God will take us to places we never imagined going and on paths we didn't even know existed. Are you Jack? You should take the job in Westport. It's amazing stuff. Change the trajectory of things for our whole family. So here's the first question. What's your prayer routine? When do you pray? What does that look like? Are you aware of the power and the purpose and the significance, not of just prayer in general, but of your prayers? Do you know that? Do you really know that? Your prayers. Not just the pastor's prayers, not just the special people prayers, but your prayers. You are a child of God. I got an amen, that's great, awesome. (laughs) You've been made, designed with the capacity for relationship with the God of the universe. He knows your name. I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a pastor down the road here, Noel Kenny. I wasn't planning on saying this, but it's such a cool story. He was in church a few weeks back, and he was in the middle of worship, and God gave him a picture of an earlobe with one of these kind of big separator black um, earrings in it. Do you know the ones I mean? And he didn't like his first one, so he drew another one right beside it. His wife and people are looking across, and he's there drawing ears in the middle of worship, and... He wrote a message underneath it that God gave him. He was, in a, he was in a Costa coffee queue. And right when he got to the top, he looked over to the right. There was the person with the ears. He went over and he just, he dropped the picture. He says, God's got your number. 
And everyone that was with him was just like, wow! <laughs> God's got your number. God knows who you are. God listens to your prayers. On the sh- in the shower, on the way to work, when you're down in the dumps, when you're on the top of the world, he hears it all. Everything. Because he loves you. When do you pray? Where do you pray? Are you aware of the significance, the power and the purpose of your prayers? If there's just one thing that you take home from today, let it be that. When people pray, amazing things can happen. Let's move on, have a think about what the text tells us about the prayers of Peter. So Cornelius has, them, has this vision while he's praying in Caesarea, and then he responds. And I'll talk a little bit more about the importance of response. But we have to look at verse 10, if you've got it open in front of us, to kind of begin our reflections on what happens to Peter while he's playing, praying in a different, completely different place called Joppa. Now the text, depending on the translation that you've got in front of you, it, what we're told is that he has a trance which isn't a particularly positive word to the church. We kind of go, what does that mean? How do, I mean, anything I've had is tra- trances and seances and all kinds of weird things and Ouija boards. And that just sounds kooky. I'm just going to leave that there. But I did, because, and because I had that reaction this week, I kind of got my study cap on and I, and I went digging. The, 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 our English word lets us down a little bit, this word trance. Really, the, the original, the Greek, it actually means astonished, amazed. What God was doing in that moment was astonishing. Whatever he saw, whatever this encounter that he has, it's amazing. Peter is experiencing something in God's presence unlike anything else that he's ever experienced. And you should hope so. Anytime I think about when I've experienced the tangible presence of God, I've never wanted it to end. I've never wanted it to go away because it's unlike anything else I've ever experienced. I have this hilarious story of when I was on holidays as a teenager in Lanzarote and I thought I was going to break the rules and got over the the fence in the night (laughs) with all my buddies that I'd made over the week and I thought, let's go for a night swim. Ooh. (laughs) And the guys were like, it's too dark. So I got out of the pool, went over. I bent over to turn on the light. (laughs) Bam! electrocuted myself. <laughs> it's the, I just, it was power. I felt it from the top of my head through to the base of my feet. I was like, whoa! It's the presence of God is unlike anything else I've ever experienced. And I don't know if I'm just like this kind of what do they call those um, surfers who were just always looking for the next wave? I can't wait to experience the presence of God the next time. I can't wait for it because it's unlike anything else. So that's what trance means. Peter's experiencing something unlike anything he's ever experienced before. And let me tell you this. When we pray, things like this are going to happen. Get ready St. Catherine's, 
to be astonished this year. Raise your faith. Get ready to be amazed to see what God is going to do with us ragtag group. With Jesus at the center, in the power of the Holy Spirit, God only knows what the year holds for us. But watch what happens next if you scan across to verse 17. This is so helpful. I love the humanity of all of this. Peter said, he, we're told that Peter was very perplexed. Well, yeah, I bet. How do you compare one thing to another? How do you try and make sense of something that is so otherly to what anything else you've experienced? Of course, you're going to try and compare and contrast. But we can't because God is totally, completely otherly to us. So he's not 100% sure. That's the point. But I just love what Peter's response is. He acts anyway. He goes anyway. He's not waiting, sitting around. Let's get a, can we get a, a, like a, you know, a think tank going on? Can we just maybe kind of just do some theology here? Is this, can, you know, he just acts. He just, he's just obedient. He goes and he does what God asks him to do. That's an incredibly refreshing and yet challenging thing. I think to narrow this down, Rob and I were kind of reflecting on this, to narrow this whole response down to one single word, obedience may or may not be helpful, but I can't think of a better option. The point being, the point being that prayer often means action. Prayer often means action. And if we think about the specifics of the text, It often means leaving where we're praying. And even if we don't have all the answers, trusting the rest to God. Because let's face it, the net result here, which we're going to unpack in a minute, is bigger than they could ever have imagined. I told you about my family's story about a divine appointment. This divine appointment would radically alter not just the life of Cornelius and we're told from the text his family and their friends and the life of Peter and the brothers from Joppa, the church, the followers of the way at that time who were with Peter, doing life with Peter. It radically alters the trajectory of human history, this divine appointment. But before we do uh, get into that, let me ask you this. Where might your prayers be leading you? Where might God be calling you? Or who might God be sending you to? I want to encourage you today, don't underestimate the power, purpose, and significance of your prayers. God is listening and he's calling us to act on the things that he's showing us more and more. So a minute ago, I I said that that this divine appointment would radically alter things for Cornelius and Peter, uh, uh, but, but not just for them, but for actually it would alter the course of history. I want to just close by making a few comments uh, by what I mean by that. The, the thing is that um, the more I read about this story is that the fact is that they should never have met. And there's two pieces to this, okay? First is that they were separated by geography. 
The reading and the study that I did this week says that Joppa and Caesarea are 52 kilometers apart from one another. And as it turns out, in the first century, people very rarely moved beyond a radius of about 40 kilometers from where they were brought up. But even more than geography, they were separated by ethnicity. The, the bottom line being that a, a Jewish disciple would never, never have had anything to do with a Roman centurion. It just wouldn't have happened. And we pick this up in the text as there's moments of light coming in. Peter breaks every rule in the book when he entered the home of Cornelius. Every rule. Stepping through the doorway of Cornelius' home, it went against everything that he knew to be right. Many, in the eyes of many people, that a single act would have made him unclean. If you think about what God was saying to him in the, in the vision that he has on the rooftop, about what's in and what's out and what's right and what's not, and God was calling him to do something new, but he was hesitating because of what he'd been told. I was thinking, reflecting a little bit, it's like the wardrobe and the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. The, the, this doorway, it was it, Cornelius' home, it was like a doorway into another world, another way of living and of, of being human and entering more fully into the kingdom of God and the rule and reign of God. Here's the thing. The spiritual genealogy of every non-Jewish believer has its genesis in this moment. That to you and me, by the way. The doorway to Cornelius' home was the doorway to you. It was the doorway to me. And to everybody on the, on the streets that surround this 250-year-old building. It was the doorway to generations of Christians. I'm going to dial things down here a little bit. That's billions of people, by the way. Billions of people. Imagine just for a moment, enter the story yourself and imagine God's design in this moment as he, Peter crosses the threshold of Cornelius' home, actually, God had you in mind. Reaching you, reaching me. Such a powerful picture of when prayer grows legs and arms and feet and leaves the building. The, the, the consequences are breathtaking. What God can do when two people pray. These two characters, I'm going to take that as agreement with what I'm saying. These two characters speak right to the heart of how we view God and prayer. They challenge us. I wonder which has stood out the most to you. I'd love you just to turn to your neighbor and reflect to the person beside you, either side of you, and just share for a couple of moments what stood out the most to you from what we've been looking at so far, and we'll come back together in just a minute.